This one yesterday started with, Dear Vince, I trust this message finds you in good health. Oh, wow. Really? All right. Wassail. Yes. <laughs> right? I just thought, like, I'm, first of all, why do you trust that? Why do you why do you think maybe maybe I'm in very poor health? I was going to say, maybe they got you at a bad time. <laughs> Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. It's at 12 on this Friday morning, Wisconsin's Morning News. Everybody gets too many emails, right? Way too many. You've got mail. How many do you think we get a day? Because we Ooh. are solicited. Depends on, you know, your work. Depending on what you do, you may get more or fewer outside emails coming in. So not only with local agencies, local yes. police agencies, firms, anything from the state, also PR strategies, companies yes. involved there. Those also are the ones I'm talking about. The White House, the vice president's office, all those send people to. They send emails all the time. And, and some are more important than others. And I'm not talking about like Senators, people that we know. Lawmakers, everyone sends Or them. even that. It's these, you mentioned it, these national companies that just carpet bomb lists with pitches and various other things. And most of them anonymous, right? Sometimes they'll plug your name in. It's like auto-plugged in, Yeah, it obviously. makes you feel good for a second. Yeah, sure. Oh, this is to me. It says Vince, yeah. right? No, it's not really to me. It's to everybody on the list. And they all start out in different ways. Again, sort of designed to at least get you to read it. Because many of these, if I can tell, is delete, delete. So you get the various greetings. How are you? Mm-hmm. Hope things are going well. Yeah. I hope this email finds you well. That's a common one, right? <laughs> yeah. This finds me quite well. This one yesterday started with, Dear Vince, I trust this message finds you in good health. Oh, wow. Really? All right. Wassail. Yes. <laughs> right? I just thought, like, I'm, first of all, why do you trust that? Why do you Why do you think maybe, maybe I'm in very poor health? I was going to say, maybe they got you at a bad time. <laughs> well, think about that. Like, what if you're really sick? Just struggling to, you know, get, catch you should, up on some you emails. Fire back something snarky. Actually, Angela from PR firm. I'm not in good health. Um, <laughs> I've had a recent cancer diagnosis and had my leg amputated. Yeah, but, yeah. but thanks. <laughs> my brother used to do that with solicitors when they'd call on the phone. Does anybody even do that anymore? Oh, and he would. Uh, he'd yeah, be keep them on the line. Like, uh, first of all, Nick, don't you have anything else to do? <laughs> But he'd tell me these stories about, yeah, I told him, you know, like, they'd call for me, but I'd say, oh, that's my roommate, and he's passed. But it's great, I finally have someone to talk to. I'm like, oh, come oh, on, wow. man. Just go and he's go. the guy who would stay on the line with him. <laughs> I'm like, who's the bigger sucker, them or you? Well, in some cases, I wonder if they're not even allowed to hang up the phone. I suppose. As long as the guy's talking, there's a chance he might make a sale. Right. The other one that I got the other day is this guy keeps making a pitch to get a psychic medium on the air. It's a woman, actually, who's pitching it. I'm not trying to blow up anybody's profession, so I don't want to name the guy who I want to come on the show. But the pitch is Mercury, as in the planet Mercury, has entered retrograde, and this may be affecting you in more ways than you realize. Ooh. And they want to bring this psychic on the tell air to tell more. us how it's affecting <laughs> You know me. I'm willing to buy a lot of stuff. Especially space stuff. <laughs> right. But I can't believe that planet Mercury is having any effect on my life right now. <laughs> Should we bring him on? There's really only one way to find out. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to bring the guy on and just blow him up. Oh, you wouldn't blow him up. No. You, you Actually, like... you know what? He'd have me convinced by the end. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I, I have been what? feeling a, a little anxious lately. You may not blow him up, but I'll tell you the text line. You've got mail. <laughs> Sports is coming up next. It's brought to you by Wisconsin. Harley-Davidson in Oconomowoc, your destination dealer. 
time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Eric Bilstad and Vince Vetrano. Brewers magic number at 12, four and a half on the Chicago Cubs. The pitch lined into left center field. That's going to get down for a base hit. Terang's around third. He's going to score. Tyrone trying to stretch it into two, and he's in there safely. Another RBI double for Tyrone Taylor, his second of the game, and the Brewers with a 4-2 lead. Lane Grendel on the call right here on WTMJ. That's where we left it. Have a day, Tyrone Taylor. Seventh inning double, all the scoring the crew would need. 4-2 winners over the Marlins. we got the Nationals tonight, 7-10 first pitch. Your Minnesota Vikings are 0-2. <laughs> all day, come on. 0-2. They fell to the Eagles last night, 34-28 in Thursday Night Football. I read the percentage. I just looked it up again. Since 1970, fewer than 10% of teams in the NFL that start the season 0-2 make the playoffs. All right. Progress. I like, I like it. Packers and Falcons play noon on Sunday. Still no real word on what's going to happen with running back Aaron Jones, our receiver Christian Watson. Both of them did not practice yesterday because of hamstrings. Now, I'll let you just listen to the bite. You let me know whether or not you're confident in what... <laughs> In how Matt LaFleur answers this question about Jones. Aaron Jones yesterday, but today it looked like he had a helmet. Lisa was going through um, some stuff inside. Is that a sign of progress? Yeah, I think so. Anytime he's out there and he's got a helmet on, I think that's a good sign. All right. So, okay. Um, I saw him. He had a helmet. <laughs> yeah, good so, or? <laughs> oh, so he's running on Sunday? Come on, Maddie. What do you got? Is he going to play or no? Like, I, that's not what. That's I don't mind the gamesmanship. Right? I don't mind it. You you don't have to tell us till Sunday as far as I'm concerned. That's fine. 718 on Wisconsin's Morning News. The things happened in Madison all at once. Breaking news coming through a fire hose over the last 24 hours. Let's start with the latest first. About 11.30 at night, when the state assembly finally adjourned after a full day of action, having passed a new plan to draw legislative maps. Republicans bowing to years-long cries from Democrats that the maps ought to be drawn through a nonpartisan process. This measure would have the legislature's nonpartisan reference bureau come up with new maps as they are required to do every 10 years is the legislature directed to benefit no party, no ideology. And in the end, despite the fact that this is exactly what Democrats have been calling for all these years, only one Democrat voted for the plan. That's Milwaukee's Lakeisha Myers. Black folks and Hispanic folks in the state of Wisconsin have been screwed by Democrats and Republicans equally. So we get to be friends with benefits with everybody. We're in a catch-22 because we desire action. We desire folks to step up, to figure it out, to come to the table, to ask the questions, lay out the amendments, and make it work. That didn't happen. So in the end, Democrats accusing Republicans of really trying to avoid the lawsuits that are destined not to go their way over the current maps, which is true. I mean, they definitely don't want this to go to the state Supreme Court where they know they're not going to get a favorable ruling. But didn't they get exactly what they wanted anyway? Unless, of course, they actually wanted to draw the maps their way as opposed to a nonpartisan way. So that is out there. But nonetheless, that passed. Now, no word And yet. we're moving the state forward. Right. No word yet on whether or not the state Senate will actually take action on this. So right now it's only passed the Assembly. 
What else? On elections, the state Senate indeed voted to oust Wisconsin Elections Commission Administrator Megan Wolf. 22 eyes, 11 knows the appointment of Megan Wolf is rejected. Here's the thing. Democrats continue to insist that she was never actually appointed. So the Senate had no legal ground to reject an appointment that hadn't been made. Exactly the point made by Senator Mark Spreitzer, Democrat. Regardless of any vote, Megan Wolf will continue in her position as long as she's willing to serve and as long as the bipartisan commission is willing to have her. So that appears to be the case. Wisconsin Attorney General Democrat Josh Call immediately filed lawsuits seeking to block the move. And Wolf pledging to keep coming to work until the court orders her not to. We cannot head into 2024 elections without a final determination of where the law stands regarding the correct course for the position of administrator. So there's that. Say what you want about this situation. Isn't it incredible, though, that she's still coming into work? As opposed to like, right? whatever you guys, I mean, if you I'm knew, out. If you knew that your bosses or most of your bosses were trying to get you eliminated and you could be eliminated at any time and you're still coming into work and doing it every day. I think difference being, though, that it's not like they're there. Okay. <laughs> like she doesn't work there. Okay, good point. Right? She gets to go there, do her thing and keep her head down and keep that job. What else? The moving state the state Senate. forward. Again, yes, we're still moving, moving the state forward. forward. State Senate voted to override Governor Tony Evers' line item veto that essentially guaranteed an annual increase in per-pupil education funding of $325 for the next four centuries. They don't have the votes to override that move in the Assembly, which would likely fall short of the two-thirds needed. So, say it again. We are moving the state forward. <laughs> and before any of this happened, Planned Parenthood of Wisconsin announcing it will resume performing abortions in the state on Monday. A ruling by the Dane County Circuit Court in July made it clear that the 1849 law is not enforceable for voluntary abortions. In consultation with attorneys, physicians, partners, and stakeholders, Planned Parenthood of Wisconsin is confident in our decision to resume abortion care in Wisconsin. That's Tanya Atkinson, Planned Parenthood of Wisconsin. The move applauded by Democrats, as you would expect. The challenge to that law referenced makes its way through the courts still to this day. Assembly Speaker Robin Voss was asked about it before they got to the floor yesterday, and he said that his concern basically is this is still going through the courts, so to make a decision now would indicate we already know what the courts are going to do. I think we're still working our way through the legislative and the the process inside the courts, so it's very presumptive, and it's one of the things that worries me about the independence of our judiciary. If Planned Parenthood is so convinced that they are going to win at the state Supreme Court, that they are willing to break the law, which the law in the book still is the 1849 statute. Uh, It's just another reminder that some people flout the law whether or not it's on the books uh, or not. Say it again. And we are moving the state (laughs) forward. Uh, Can you recall a day in recent times where there was more legislative or just Madison political activity? (laughs) No, this has been one of the... I mean, like, harkens back to Act 10, maybe. Correct. When everything was happening and things were moving and different decisions were being made. I mean, it was breaking news through a fire hose. Everybody take a breath. Brewers beat writer Adam McKelvey is our guest on Brewers 360. That's coming up at 745. 40 years ago today, you could argue one of the most, I don't want to say influential, but one of the most successful albums of the 80s dropped. And it wasn't Michael Jackson. It was... Huey Lewis, <laughs> Sports was the album. There were I didn't nine... remember that was the name of the album. I said, what's on it? And you started listing all of the hits. It had all of these. There were at least five singles that went hot on this album. I Want a New Drug, The Heart of Rock and Roll, If This Is It, 
uh, walking on a thin line. It only had nine oh. tracks, yet it was that successful. Huey talked about it with ABC Audio, talking about what they needed to do back then. I still see it as a collection of singles. I think our subsequent albums hold together more as, as albums. But, you know, we needed to have a hit single. And in 1981, 82, 83, radio was king. There was no internet. There was no jam bands. If you wanted to exist and play your own music, you had to have a hit yeah, so you had to have something hot, and that's what they did in this album. Uh, and he was asked, okay, well, were you surprised that these songs were successful? Well, yeah, everything after Heart and Soul and If This Is It. Yeah, <laughs> those are the only two that he thought would be something. This is it. So 40 years ago, Huey Lewis, and of course he's uh, no stranger to these parts. He's done Summerfest quite a bit of time, and uh, in fact, wasn't he the original AmFam uh, the first one on the amphitheater. The first artist at the at the Marcus yeah. Performing Arts Center. Pretty sure, entirely possible, I suppose. And then it was you know all the Back to the Future stuff that followed. Power yep, of Love. Yep. yep. And then uh, Hip to Be Square. That's a <laughs> subsequent album. <laughs> Classic '80s guy, right? Oh my gosh! Just give me that saxophone. 80. News is sponsored by Annex Wealth Management's Money Talker. It's Saturdays at ten, right here on WTMJ. strike this morning about 13,000 members of United Auto Workers Union taking it to the big three we, are the union, mighty, mighty union. we just want our fair share plain and simple their fair share demands of a 36% raise over 4 years and a shorter work week among them offers in the neighborhood of half of that came in these negotiations from Ford, GM, and Stellantis if you keep hearing that name that's formerly Fiat Chrysler so the big three in Detroit not all of the UAW membership is on strike that works in the auto plants. It's three targeted plants, righty? For now. So they're going to go with these three that are in different states across the country, and then they may actually pick and choose other factories later. Got more news on this coming up just after the top of the hour news. And, of course, in our news updates through the day, Brewers 360 is up next. We'll talk with Adam McAlvey, beat writer for MLB.com. That's coming your way next. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Eric Bilstad and Vince Vetrano. This morning, now Brewers four and a half games ahead of the Cubs in the race for the division. After their 4-2 win over the Marlins, Cubs didn't play yesterday, so we pick up a half game. So that's where you get the four and a half. Brewers' magic number is 12. And in the NFL, the Vikings are 0-2 Thursday night against... Oh, well, they lost to the Eagles wasn't ever really close, um, but they made it close. They lost to what thirty-five to twenty, thirty-four to twenty-eight was the final score there. Vikings did not look like a good football team. <laughs> Do it again. That wasn't. Are you ready? Yes. Oh, and two. Keep that horn handy. Brewers three hundred and sixty is sponsored by Outdoor Living Unlimited. MLB.com Brewers beat writer Adam McCalvey, our guest this morning. So, Adam, like things Eric said yesterday, when the Cubs lost and the Brewers won, and things feel like they're starting to come together. Yeah, here we go. A little bit of buzz. Here we go. Yeah, I mean, they are in a very good position. Uh, they have the pitching lined up the way they want to. I think it's going to be really interesting if we get to the final week how hard 
do you push to win the division? Because maybe everybody needs a reminder of the kind of changed uh, playoff format. Yes. There's three division winners. There's three wild cards. The two best division winners get a bye. The third best division winner, which is what the Brewers, whoever wins the Central is going to be in this position, will host a th- one three-game series against the worst of the three wild cards. And then if you're the wild card, you know, that, then the, the other two wild cards play each other. So the difference between winning the division for the Central winner and being the wild card is like, I mean, it's significant because it means hosting a, a, a series versus potentially maybe going on the road. Right. Um, but it's not as huge as maybe in previous formats. So it's just really interesting because the Brewers will have to decide potentially if it stays, you know, close-ish, you know, how do you line up the pitching? Do you, do you want Burns, Woodruff, Peralta for a three-game series somewhere? Or do you want them for that Cubs series in an effort to win the division and then worry about the wildcard series, you know, when and if you get there? I, for me, it's the latter. I'm sorry, like we can't get until it's not right. I mean, mathematically, this the yeah. math could work out better as we get closer if the Cubs keep doing what they're doing. Uh, no, no signs exactly. of life there in Chicago. But like for me, like you can't be worrying about the next series un- until you get there, and let's do that later. Yeah, and clearly, clearly, the the aim would be keep winning as the Brewers have done a pretty good job of since that Dodger Stadium series. And then make that final regular season series against the Cubs not matter. And, and then that allows you to do whatever you want to do to line up those, those starters. Um, and look, the Brewers, the, their strength is that in a, in a postseason series, particularly a short series, which would be the first round three, best of three, or that division series, which is still best of five, they, are, they would be a very difficult team to tangle with when you're talking about those three pitchers, plus Wade Miley, who's really good, and then the, the bullpen that they're able to run out there and the defense that they're able to run out there. That, those are obviously the strengths of this team, and that would, uh, you know, on paper, play quite well in October if you can score, like they did yesterday, just a couple of runs. Yeah, no one would want to tangle with that. What would be fascinating, and it would take a lot for it to happen, is if they play the Cubs for three and then play the Cubs again. <laughs> exactly. Right? Uh, you know, in the minor leagues now, they, they're off Mondays, and then they play six-game series, so there's less travel. And essentially, that's kind of what they, what they might do. It, it could end up that the Brewers and Cubs play three games that maybe matter or don't to end the regular season, and then play three more games at the same venue, American Family Field, that matter for everything, which would be completely bizarre. Man, I don't have any interest in running into the Cubs in the playoffs. Like, there's just too much other juju going on there. Like, just, I just want to be yeah, in the Any play- other team. Right. And just give me anybody <laughs> else. Well, look, the other teams are interesting, too, because the Arizona Diamondbacks are in it. They're sort of like the Brewers. They have Zach Gallon and Merrill Kelly at the top of the rotation. That's really dangerous in a best of three. The Reds are kind of the opposite. They're still in it, and, and they're doing it on the strength of this kind of, you know, potent offense and just enough pitching. So, the, the mix of clubs that are in this race is, is pretty interesting. And look, the Marlins are still in it, and the Brewers just saw them. And credit the Brewers for taking three or four from a Marlins team. That's pretty good. Um, they have quite good pitching. That kid who pitched yesterday, six foot eight, 20 years old, Yuri Perez, is absolutely nasty. And um, it, it's, it's a kind of interesting mix, and it's some different teams than it's been uh, in the NL playoffs for the last couple of years. So it's, it's, kind of a, it's kind of a good mix. And at this point, it, 
it, you know, two weeks to go, and it's completely wide open of, of what these scenarios are going to end up to, to turn out to be. Good conversations to have in mid-September. Thanks, Adam. All right. See you guys. Mark Tauscher joins us next on Wisconsin's Morning News. Idea man. Did I just hear you say 73 is too chilly? I didn't hear that. Innovator. You set your house for 72 or 73 because it's the most comfortable you could possibly have it. And Packers Hall of Famer. My question for you is... Are you soft? Yes. (laughs) It's time for Tausch on Wisconsin's Morning News. Presented by your Wisconsin Chevy dealers. Mark Tauscher on Wisconsin's Morning News, sponsored by your Southeastern Wisconsin Chevy dealers. Watch that Vikings game last night, Tausch. I did. I watched some of it, even though uh, you have to click over Amazon. It, yeah, I. so I was one of the folks that, in the beginning of the season, when you watched what Minnesota was doing, trying to kind of piece together where you thought Green Bay was going to fit in this puzzle with the new quarterback and everything else. And I just thought Minnesota... They decided not to extend Kirk Cousins, so this is going to be his last year more than likely in Minnesota. Uh, They got rid of Dalvin Cook. They dumped Kendricks. They started moving on from a lot of really good players. And it started making me think, I think they are, I don't think they're tanking, but they're trying to do like this rebuild and try to find a quarterback for next year because of the quarterback class. I'm not surprised that they're struggling, and I don't think it's going to get a lot better. I think the Vikings are kind of understanding where they're at. They're not a Super Bowl team. That last year, they kind of got lightning in a bottle and won every close game. You know that, that can't you can't continue to do it that way. So I think they're in the mix and going to be trying to get one of those stud quarterbacks early in the draft next year. And I think they're going to even be worse than people thought. Well, that would be great. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, on, I'm all on right? board. I, Play yeah, I wasn't... Again. I wasn't stating that like, oh, oh, whoa. I was like, this is pretty, it's becoming pretty evident. And for all the Viking fans that got after Packer fans last year with how it went, that's why the sustainability and what Green Bay has been able to do is so much more impressive. Minnesota will get that one year where kind of everything falls into line until the playoffs come. And I think they're paying the price, and I think you're going to see them bottom out this season. That's interesting. So it's the Vikings every couple of years it all works out. For the Bears, it's once a decade it all works out. And for the Lions, it's once every generation it all works century. out. Century. Yeah, century. Looks like JFK yeah. was the last time. I think 1958 was their last championship. But Detroit, I think we, as far as Packer fans are looking at it, um, the Bears are going to be really bad. We saw that. I think Detroit and Green Bay, it's going to come back. I think that's where this division is going to be. And you know, if Green Bay can find a way to go down to Atlanta this weekend and win, you're going to start seeing a lot of national, more more national believers because you start off two and zero road games, young quarterback. We all know knew that this team was going to get better and better as the season goes. And if you can get two wins when you're supposed to be going into this bumpy, kind of turbulent phase of your development, that's going to be a pretty good sign. Hey, so what do you make of Tampa Bay? Bears have Tampa Bay this weekend, and the Bears are who we thought they were. So we know who the Bears are. Who is Tampa Bay? Uh, I think Tampa is going to struggle as well. They have Baker Mayfield, but they found a way to beat Minnesota, and I think that's what is going to set Minnesota off. 
I actually think Chicago will bounce back. I think that they are humbled, and if you just look at they're beaten down, when you have that mentality of nobody believes and we're not very good, you're going to get their best effort. But I think both teams are kind of nothing burgers when it comes to what the playoff positioning is going to look like. Can't wait to talk about what happens on Sunday. On Monday with you, Tausch, we'll talk again. Sounds good, fellas. Have a good weekend.